unders, down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri, Art of War, down under. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this episode 172 of the Art of War Down Under podcast. As always, my name is Adam Camilleri, and I'm joined by. Oh, jeez. You may. There, there, there's probably some very young whippersnappers who do not know the name of the great Andrew Gagneau, the gentleman who has won <laughs> WTCs, winning Nova Invitationals and Nova Opens at nauseum in the, the early days of Adam's 40k career. Definitely somebody I looked up to for a very long time. He's a, t- a member of Team Art of War, being more of uh, the kicking ass and taking names category rather than the coaching and, and uh, content creation side. But he is an absolute venerable gentleman of the scene and an absolute stellar human being also. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Hey, thanks, Adam. I uh, I can't get much better than that glowing of review. That's that's what I always try and do. I always try and make your first line awkward as hell by like just <laughs> just deluge of praise. <laughs> But anyway, we are here to talk about the World Championships of Warhammer. I am trying to... I'm doing a bunch of double duties on this episode, guys. Firstly, this is, I believe, uh, an event that will become akin to the WTC, as in like it is it is a grandiose event worthy of an episode on any podcast, breaking it down, telling you guys about it, and bringing more light and awareness to some of the <coughs> phenomenal events being held in the world. Um, uh, you know, akin to a WTC, an LGT, and an LVO, et cetera, et cetera. I definitely want to give it its time of day, but it is also a very unique event event in a lot of different ways and we're going to be here talking about it and breaking down how it works and i've also got i've done the stats for the entire event overall and i've done the stats for each individual eight pod of 22 players that you will see there but before we get in um art of wars two-part podcast of course the second part of this one will be myself and the lovely andrew gonio breaking down notable players in attendance putting spotlight on them and their lists what they are taking to this event and why and pontificating upon what we think their lists are supposed to do how they function spicy tech etc so if you want to get over there and see what the best and brightest from over 40 different nations are bringing to this event this meta busting event uh go and check over us at out of war down under over on patron but a little bit about andrew hello welcome again andrew gonya i've talked for a lot but from whence do you hail my man so i currently live you know east coast us right in uh, good old virginia Did, am i am i crazy in thinking that you were part of beast coast yeah i was part of beast coast kind of one of the founder guys of that and you know i still now i've probably the last two years you know i play for art of war um but we're all kind of dispersed i've known nick since he was You know, since we were both kids, if I'm thinking Mm. of that, honestly, I'm in my late 30s now, but, you know, I've known Nick since he was probably 13 or 14. So Mm. kind of the friendships I developed over the years put me on Art of War. Last two years, I've been playing more on uh, Tundra Tactics, a team out of the Midwest with a bunch of my buddies uh, for like team events and stuff like that. So I've, I've gotten around on teams, but those are probably like my main three over the last 10 years. Fantastic. And of course, um, Beast Coast, for those you do not know, is I suppose the first juggernaut team we saw, the first... The first super team that we saw in 40K going all the way through, I think, 5th, 6th, and 7th edition. Um, and, and still going today in 8th edition, but kind of more dispersed. People get older, people get kids, these things happen. It, t- it tends to be like that uh, there's a kind of a shelf life to a lot of clubs, a lot of these juggernaut teams where people kind of you know break off and do their own things. You know, guys like Sean Yeah, Aiden it really depends and, on like how, how busy folks get, I think. Exactly because, right. You know, some of the teams, if you have that guy who, is, who probably started it, who was maybe a little later in life, already had like older kids. Those things can go forever, right? The Battle for yes. Salvation Club, those guys. Um, there's several others that like they have been around forever. They've been around since I was a player, and there's like like the early part of my playing career, and they're still around now. Mm. Beast Coast, I think, kind of it hit that super team critical mass that some of them do, where it gets so big and so unwieldy that you know, because teams are just groups of friends, right? If we get right down to it, a lot of them aren't like you know pro teams or doing practices yeah. or anything, and so. At some point, everyone invites their friends, and it's this huge team, and you get to, like, I don't know what Beast Coast got to at its max. Active players that were, like, going to GTs, you're probably looking at more, like, 50 tops, which is still huge. Yeah. But, like, people on the roster that were in chats, like, 200. And yeah. at some point, you start feeling, as a player, at least I know I did, I love a lot of those guys, but I start feeling like, hell, most of the guys that are on here talking all day, I've never even met in my life. And yes. it felt weird. So then, like, I went to... I think I kind of branched off to like a smaller team um, and so did a lot of the other people. And then the fracture starts to happen and, you know, we're all still yeah. friends, but we're moving our own directions. And it actually just exactly. recently, uh, within the last couple of months, got revived. Some of the old members from it, yes. uh, Phil and, and some of the others came back to 40K and they've kind of kicked it off again. It is not a super team anymore, but, you know, 
that's that's there's a, there's a life cycle to these things. I think the current mm. probably biggest super team is uh God, what is it? How am I blanking on this right now? Death or Glory. Death or Glory. Sorry, they have, they have yes. a ton of members. So that's another just, one that yeah. Maybe they'll hang on. Maybe they won't. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll we, we hit their next evolution, like all of us do. We have these teams now. Actually, this is kind of a, a tangent, but we have these teams now. We have the super, the super ultra professional. We have the art of wars. You have the team ignites, who are literally just like semi-professional, professional level players. They, they are the they're pretty good. The, you know, they're pretty damn good. <laughs> and the purpose of being on them is that you are one of the best players in the world. And then we have the beautiful, amazing juggernaut communities, uh, teams like, you know, Death of Glory and, and a myriad of different others. And I bet you everybody right now is thinking about the one in their local scene that is always the people who organize the barbecue after the event. They're always the people who uh, get you together, um, you know, You've probably gone to their weddings. You've probably, you probably know their, you know, their kids and have, have met their wives and partners, et cetera. Um, so yeah. yeah, absolutely amazing. But to the meat and potatoes, actually, sorry, sorry, a little bit more about, a little bit more yourself. Cause I think I first met you, um, in what, 2018 at the WTC, at the, the, the second last ETC. <laughs> It was, I feel like it was earlier than that, right? Because I think 2018 was the year that the US won, if I remember right. Yep. And that was the last one that I attended after I stepped, I stepped in the cabinet the previous year. Um, and then Sean took over and I was still a player uh, and we won. But I feel like we played Team Australia and I met you two or three years earlier because you guys came and then like we you did. couldn't get a team like the next year and then you came again the year after. I was not part of that team, but I like to think that a doppelganger of mine was. So there you go. Oh, okay. Yeah, my my I mean, first one was 2018. Really? God, okay. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I thought you were part of like the the previous one too. I get this all the time. People think I've just been a like a, a, a just a a fart hanging in the air. I actually haven't been around that long in in 40k. <laughs> I was kicking I was kicking it over in the fantasy uh, side of things before then. But um you and I hung out in an airport just waiting for a flight after that. And we got chatting and kind of, kind of hit it off. Uh, Tony Kopach was there as well. And uh, we were just trading stupid stories for like two hours waiting for a flight. But, oh, no, dude. I actually still not, remember that. That was a, that was a blast for me too. Was Josh there too? Diffie? Uh, uh, Diffie? I'm actually not sure if Diffie was there. I think it was me and uh, might've been Pete Platel. Yes. Um, I, yes. Redbeard. Um, but yeah, that was when uh, I definitely met a guy who I had been tracking for a very long time in the scene because you were one of those names on the East Coast that was always a perennial, if not a threat to win every event. Where are you at at the moment? Because you are playing in this world uh, championships. What's your what's your current uh, competitive aspirations? Um, you know, I've, I've kind of tried to put the, you know, put the ghost back on and, and get back to it. You know, it was weird. I'll give you the, the short little diatribe about like how odd it was coming back to competitive 40 K after, after COVID. So like I started competitive 40 K I wanted to get into it. And like, I started playing in like 97. I didn't start playing competitive 40 K until like nine, until like 2008 or nine. I probably won my first like big GT major in like 2010. Cause it was a goal. And then my goal was, you know, progress through wanting mm-hmm. to get on team America maybe one day becoming captain. And I was winning, God, I had, you know, I had a year where I won, I think six majors or GTs. Um, wow. So I was winning like multiple every year. I was going crazy. I played a lot. So that, that does help, right? I didn't have kids yet. Um, and uh, then COVID hit, you know, I have family members who uh, have health complications, things like that. I wasn't going to go out and play during COVID. So I basically COVID was blacked out for me. I did not play any events. Um, and as you know, you step away from the meta for about, mm-hmm. you know, three months and all of a sudden, the, the river has passed by you, and you can't find yeah. anyone that you once knew. And you know, mm-hmm. all of the armies are different. And and I think it was Neil Gilstrap from uh, one of the one of one of the podcasts who had told me once he was like, "Damn, it is so hard to get competitive forty k because there's such a learning curve to catch like the t- current top players." And I never really understood fully what he was talking about until I tried to jump back in myself, and I like had not played any of the matches. So like when you're constantly in competitive forty k. You just have to learn the next match. The next book yeah. that comes yeah. out, you just add a little chink to your knowledge. Um, you, know, you, you toss another book on the stack and you keep moving. When you come back after a long hiatus, like two and a half years, um, which I think is about what I was, two years, it was, it was bizarre. I had to learn every book because I had not been playing. And like, while I've been helping out with some stuff, it's not the same as keeping up the competitive meta and what people are doing. And all of a sudden, I had to learn all of the books at once. And it was drinking through a fire hose. And it, it took a little mm. while. It took several months for me to kind of get my sea legs back. Um, then I've, I've, I've done well since. I've won lots of best overalls. I've won a few, mm, a handful of best generals. Not a ton um, at GTs and stuff. So I think I've probably still won since COVID. 
five to ten best overalls. Won some, yeah. won some great events. Yeah. Had had a lot yep. of fun. But I think my my focus was always a little bit more on best overall. And now it's a lot more best in overall because <laughs> I, because I, I love the painting aspect. So <clears throat> I've been moving more into that and kind of enjoying getting back. But when I first came back, and then I'll and I'll pass it back after monologuing for a second. I was at uh, at my local game store, right? And I know you said I was one of the players you look up to. It, as as a person, that's always so weird to hear because you're like, I'm just some dude that rolls dice. This is nothing. That's I got my all, name. That's so weird, dude. That's all <laughs> any of us are, which is pretty funny. Yeah, and so, but I was, I guess, used to everyone kind of knowing who I was. I was Ganyo. Everyone kind of knew me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was hard to go anywhere where people either hadn't heard of my name or you know hadn't met me, and it was just normal. And so I went to a local game store, I think for an RTT, and I set down my stuff. And the guy's like, oh, dude, those are cool objectives. Does Ardvor sell those? And I was, no, and I think I had my jersey on too, because it was, it was an event. And I was like, uh, yeah, they sell the, he's like, do they sell the jerseys too? And I was like, uh, no. Uh, he assumed you just bought it. Yeah. And he was like, oh, where'd you get it then? I was like, oh, well, I play with him. He's like, oh my God, have you ever met Nick? And I was like, oh. Uh, and you'd be like, Nick used to carry my bags, kid. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm officially over the hill. This kid has yeah. uh, checked my ego into oblivion. Maybe yeah. I should uh, sit down and color for a minute while I catch up. And you know what? While I was gone, the scene exploded, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I was always yeah. tracking it a little bit, but like, man, people are, they practice a ton now. The advent of TTS, like they've gotten mm-hmm. good. So I'm, I'm putting my own personal mental band back together. And uh, I'm, I am trying out for and attempting to get back on the U.S. team this year. We will see if they need me Ooh. and if I'm good enough. Um, and uh, it, yeah, it'll be a blast. I want to get back to Europe and, and kind of see all the old friends that I haven't seen in a while. So that's uh, that's uh, Andrew Ganyo's recent journey in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. How many how many ETCs did you play? And I know you were. And how many years were you Australia American captain? Sorry. Uh, played three years. Oh, I, sorry. I played six years, and I was captain for three of those. Um, so Man. I went from twelve or thirteen until eighteen or nineteen. Maybe no, I. Yeah. I I think I probably did go in 19 because that would have been pre-COVID. Yeah. So you have missed three. If you if you came back, yeah, after three, that would be a really, really, and go back to the level, that would be really impressive. That would be a, such, a, such a beautiful story as well. It would be uncommon, but that's for sure. <laughs> it would be uncommon, absolutely would be. But let's move on to our main topic of the day, talking about the World Championships of Warhammer. So firstly, how did you uh, win your golden ticket? How did you win um, entry? So this year I got my golden ticket through uh, American Team Championship. So I was playing with Tundra Tactics. Um, yep. Probably like the, the best new group of 40K friends I could ever have hoped for. Um, some of them I already knew. And we, uh, we took second, I want to say, at ATC. And both the first and second place teams got, got tickets. So I got it that way. Fantastic. And so th- that is the system that they have for the, the World uh, Championships, by the way, guys. So this is run ostensibly by Games Workshop. It is kind of the flagship of their uh a circuit, I guess, for lack of a better work, their internal, you know, United United uh, States circuit, but it extends way beyond those borders. And essentially, any TO from a respective country that wishes to participate can, you know, petition, I guess, uh, GW or the GW tournament organizers to get a golden ticket for their event to be given, you know, at the discretion of the TO. And I believe I, I had a count a while ago uh, from GW that said there was a possibly forty six countries sending uh, delegations of their best and brightest to this event. I think, I don't know quite sure what it's rounded out as, but it's at least 40. It's 40 or more nations sending um, possibly their best players available. And of course, it is a big ask. I know a very good friend of mine, Jeremy uh, Martino, just won the Oceanic uh, team, sorry, Oceanic uh, Championships. And uh, because... Of, of various different things. He didn't have a lot of time to get leave to go, even though he had, you know, partially paid flights and accommodation to the to the tune of a couple of grand. And he actually got knocked back. He was unable to get leave from work to go, which kind of shattering. But these are the hurdles that people come to with uh, with this system. How do you how do you feel about this system, by the way? What are your thoughts? Um, I think there's a lot of pros. I love how inclusive it is. I love how it's bringing people together. And uh, it's obviously been very successful in bringing, you know, 40 nations together, especially some really obscure countries. We've got Thailand, Vietnam, a um, bunch of South American nations as well. Um, how do you feel about this system? Uh, I really like it personally. Kind of anything for me that makes singles less about single performance and that gets people from different gaming groups and kind of parts of the world together. I mean, like that's that's always been my favorite thing about you know, WTC now. It was ETC then. Mm. Um, was just getting to meet all the people from all the different countries, exposed to different metas. But like, I, I have friends all over the world now. We spent hours hanging out in an airport i never would have met adam if not for for 40k and events yeah. that try and 
to try and put all this stuff together, um, you know, of, of bringing all the players together. So personally, I, I love it. I do. I feel for your friend, like when you win a, a later in the event season, uh, sorry, later in the season event, it gets challenging definitely to, to both book travel because not all tickets are paid. You know, a lot of the big yeah. GW events one ones are um, a lot of countries. The events, you know, put together, found ways to kind of pay for their their winning participants tickets. But some aren't. And sometimes you win in the things in one month, um, depending on where you live, booking a travel, you know, for across the country or across the world on one month's notice. Having to find people to take care of the kids or cover you yeah. at work is is not doable always for a hobby. So I love the opportunity, but it is definitely a challenge for for some of us. Well, this is why you know even even years ago when I was first started playing, people said you know, for lack of a better term, the global scene of forty k is uh, is kind of a young person's game, unfortunately, because people yes. just have lives and jobs and uh, you know responsibilities that can't always drop. Um, but you know, you live on the east coast of uh, United States, so privileged. <laughs> This year. I would love it if this uh, event moves around a little bit like, you know, UK, Canada, uh, you know, Central Europe, etc. would be amazing and uh, would be a great boon to opening it up to a lot of other people. But uh, moving on to another couple of our topics. So, all right, you're playing this event. I think there's 176 players at this. Um, and tell us about how this system works. How is this event different? How is it unique? What is special and spicy? So it's it's kind of like a, an evolution a little bit of, of last year's finale system. So this is the second or third year that GW has done this kind of finale capstone to their uh, to their U.S. Open slash, you know, some global events. Um, and so you, you get your golden ticket, you go qualify, um, you get put in your pods, <clears throat> then you get broken up. So we're, we're broken up into eight pods this year. Um, yep. I think there's 22 players in each, something That's like correct. that. Uh, you play your first five rounds in your pod. And, and I mentioned it's kind of an evolution of the finale from last year, and that'll get into the kind of the, the final bit of it with the double elimination. The finale last year was only the U.S. Open's awarded tickets. Um, and then some of like the larger events, like I believe the Depthcon LVO did. So there's only like 16 of us. I was in the best overall bracket last year. And then you played until the end. There was double elimination in the last games. Unfortunately for me, because I think I made it to the finals, played Kelling, beat him, and then he was like, you know, he made he made it an, an excellent and intelligent um, kind of read on it, and he said, "I don't think mm-hmm. I can beat you going second. So he just set his entire Eldar army up on the line, on the line. in the open, not in mm-hmm. terrain, and just said, "I'm going to roll to go first. And he did twice in a row and got me. So we played three games consecutively. So that'll wow. kind of be a foreshadowing of the end of this event. Um, yeah, the double elimination really adds such a spicy twist on things, for better or for worse, but really allowing people to make adjustments on the fly and or get a different read or adjust, look at the player across from you and start playing the player rather than the table, the mission, the game. It is just such an evolution. I really like, I don't, I, I wouldn't love to go to an RTT or a, a GT and play double elimination, but for things like this, of this grandeur, of this magnitude, I think it's really spicy. It also takes away the man. I just he just there's this one moment of dice, which by the way is is rarely true. If you have one moment of dice, you probably had a lot of moments of decisions that led you to Correct. that moment of dice deciding it. But um, so yeah, so we're all broken into pods this year. Um, we have five rounds in pod play. Uh, there's only 22 people, so as you know, when you do Swiss, uh, I think five rounds is for 32. So it's not a guarantee that there will be an undefeated coming out of each pod. Uh, then yep. the person who is standing on the top of the heap of the pod will move on to uh, the undefeated play. I think the champions bracket, they make a new bracket yep. of eight people, one from each of the eight pods. And those guys then play out. I'm trying to think of how many games it is. I think four more, Adam, or is it well, more than 12, that? Like more. There's 12 total rounds you can possibly play at this event, apparently, according to BCP. Okay. So that, so you probably have, oh, cause there's, there's a shadow round, I believe. Yeah. As well. Or a shadow round so, possibility. <clears throat> I will mess up the details, so I'm not going to try. Uh, essentially, <laughs> those eight will then play through until there's one of those undefeated, and then there is still, at the end, they're going to have to do double elimination. So that's why mm-hmm. you can have some games. Like It's not necessarily going to go 12 games, but it may, uh, depending if they kind of trade wins back and forth in kind of like a really tight competitive environment. Everyone else that does not make the top eight pods is going to move into, <clears throat> uh, basically, I, I believe they're going to be, and you can correct me, I think they get aligned into basically same win rate pods, sort of like yep. a traditional pod system from like Nova yep. and the others. And then you keep playing. And I think that's like the, the country part of the pods where you're still, I think you have three more games after pod play memory serves. Uh, I think it's 
two or three Saturday and then one Sunday morning, two Saturday, one Sunday morning for the people not in the champion spot. Um, and, and yeah, and but the so what's it really interesting? So I've, I've got the I just pulled it up here. So eight pool winners, yeah, like you said, uh, go into the champion bracket. They'll play at up to seven games of the double elimination style. Um, and they're el- they're the only people who are eligible to win best general. Um, yeah. So they're the only people who can go undefeated, therefore the only people who can win best general. Everyone else can still win best overall and every other thing, you know, um, you know, best overall being like, I guess, Renman, as some people may call it, best painted, best in faction, best sportsmanship, um, and then a special awards in as uh, you know, team spirit award as well. And uh, then this it gets really spicy from here because like uh, we wrapped up, you know, what would happen in a conventional tournament. This is this very similar to the, the Nova format, but where it gets real spicy. Is that you're not just playing for your personal your personal glory. You're also playing for national glory as well. How do you feel about that? Any pressure? Um, I don't think any pressure really necessarily for me. I've, as you know, I've been playing competitive 40k for like 15 straight years. Um, I it doesn't really that that piece of it doesn't get to me anymore because I think I've kind of accepted that like it's a little bit out of your hands. You do the best that you can, mm. but there's no reason to stress out about the the, the national side of it. It's not like a, like a team event purely, like a, like a pure team event where it really is like your team, your eight people playing your eight games that move you in and out of the brackets um, and, and up the rankings. Um, there's so many people in it. There's so many ways to earn points, which is great. Uh, for instance, like you can earn points to, for your country ranking based on winning all those things. I just said, yep. you know, best in faction, best overall, how you ranked in your pods, things like that. And, to keep the the size of the countries from becoming a dominant factor, they, they make it so that like only one person can earn that. So like if I get a, my country's highest best overall ranking, um, let's say it's a miracle scenario and I win it. Um, yeah. Andrew gets those points for team for the USA. The per, if, if another USA person got second overall, their points would not contribute to ours and, and so forth. Yeah. So, so if I got seventh overall and I was the highest ranked us, well, then we get seventh overall points. And then all those points get amalgamated and put together and you figure out which country wins. Because of that, like, I don't have a lot of personal stress for it because like, it's a little bit out of your control. I like tracking it. It's a fun little uh, side thing, but I think it'll be more of a fun bragging rights thing than like anything that really stresses people out. Mm. And this is the point where I uh, tell everybody, I'm going to be commentating uh, live in person at this event. So, uh, And I'm going to be looking at that scoreboard tick up and talking about that possibly annoying amount of time because that's i i am that is the most interesting and exciting thing for me seeing what countries are doing well in what categories who's getting up who's doing what so uh first place overall um will give you 10 points second place is nine third is eighth fourth is seven fourth through tenth is seven points so dude coming like coming tenth is only three points less than coming first so if you have a you know and, and of course like you said um only the top five points awarded to each nation will contribute to the final score so only your top five scores will you know go all the way through all the time so if you just have like you know five scores in 10th place you know you are doing really well in somebody who's got uh, an absolute murderer getting first second and third and then everyone else is getting you know 101sts etc etc which i actually think is a nice little wrinkle to this so you can have uh, a bunch of really strong but not the best players in the room performers doing better than some you know widely distributed uh spectrum um performers you know from from first all the way uh, all the way across um yeah does that add a a little wrinkle to to your thinking does that add anything to your thoughts well now you can only if if i remember right and I believe like a country can only earn, do you earn, I, I thought you could only earn like uh like the U S could only get best general points from one person or can you get it from five people? Uh, as such, only the top five points awarded to each nation will contribute to their final score. Likewise, mm-hmm. each player can only contribute one result. So if you're amazing enough to earn six points for your painting prowess and seven points for your final tally of victory points, only your seven will be counted. So um, like you said, you know, um, one person can't go and just smash, 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 smash and get all the way. Yeah, um, I, I actually really like it personally, this system, because I think the, the genesis of it was GW did a good job of thinking about... Um, how is this going to look and feel for the participants, right? You know, is this going to look and feel like, oh, you know, most, a lot of the qualifying events, because last year it was all, were U.S. events, you know, yeah. everyone from the U.S. is there, and then there's, you know, these small percentages of other countries. Can we even win? Because they have so many more players. So mm. I, I like this system in that you could have a, a country with a lot less representation um, still do quite well and compete with the big boys, and I, and I think yes. that's kind of fun. 
because I wouldn't yeah. want like, you know, people from Thailand or, or maybe Korea, because both of those, I believe, are sending players. Absolutely, um, yeah. Or just any any smaller European nation send players and then be like, oh, but we can't win. Like, it's no yeah, fun no. attending an event yeah. that you're like, I'm out of it before I start. So Correct. I think there was, no, there was no point coming. We never had a shot. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, there are obviously advantages for, for like the UK players or for the US players of just like maybe we have, you know, just so many more events or so we're getting more practice or we are sending, um, you know, a lot more players. So we have more chances. But it's not like it's not so much so that there's no point in coming from the others. And also, I think yeah. there's just n- national like pride, right? It's trying to get you as high yeah. as you can. You know, it's not just about winning the event. You know, if, if you're a, a tiny nation without a lot of representation and then all of a sudden you come in middle of the pack ahead of a ton of the big boys, that's pretty cool, too. Dude, absolutely. Like Peru sending a contingent. How amazing would it be to have Peru like in the top five? And everyone's yeah, just like, right? how, why, please explain. All of a sudden, Peru, you know, 40K just pops off completely. You know, every, everyone everyone cares about what is going on in Peru 40K now. Like, I, that's that's a story that I want to come from this. And uh, I'm so excited about it. Uh, and yeah, like you said, and also you don't want to, you know, give up, you know, hours and hours of possible earning money at work and spending time with your family and stuff to come to, you know, uh, an event across the world, lose your first round, and then you're out. You're done. It's over. No, no, no other reason to play. Uh, I think that would be the worst, the worst possible timeline. And I think that's why, like, there's lots of ways to earn points that are not just going undefeated. Like that is just one way to earn points, and it also doesn't earn any point, any more points than any of the other things, right? Like best overall is worth the same amount of points as best general. Um, yeah. And yeah. I believe you know some of the other, like the painting ones, all that sort of stuff. Um, and also, you can take a loss in your. Uh, your initial pod and then still mm-hmm. keep playing because your pod person will not be undefeated necessarily. So I think they've, they've done a good job, probably the best that you can to keep it like everyone in the race and everyone feeling like, you know, their play matters, you know, to the bitter mm-hmm. end. And, uh, the, dude, there is so actually really, ex- I would love to see that the, so it, it is assumed that all the, um, all the points scored are the same. So, you know, generalship, uh, paint score, you know, 10 to first place, et cetera, et cetera. Faction ranking score is the spicy one, right? Because everyone's bringing the best best factions that they can, the best factions possible. But what if you're a faction specialist of a really obscure, no one thinks is good faction, and you're just better than the only other? You know, there. So just to, just to let you know, there's two Drakari players. There's two Drakari players um, present at the event. I don't know what nations they come from. Maybe we'll figure out that in a minute. But are you telling me that they automatically get an eight? Sorry, nine and ten points for their country because there's only two of them in, in representation. That I actually clever, didn't think of that. I'll be honest. That is a clever meta pick. Uh, <laughs> Don't I run mean, the gauntlet of thirty-four Eldari players and hope that you're the, you're the best one there. No, nah, I'm just going to take a faction that no one else is going to play and just do, or, or, or that like one or two other people are going to play, and we're all going to get points. Happy days. Yeah, that is wild. I actually, I'll say yeah. genuinely, I actually hadn't thought of that. That is, uh, well, if, if if the countries actually like coordinated, which I mean, I'm from the US, we are terrible at coordinating with each other. <laughs> um, but if they actually did coordinate with each other, like that is an awesome way to actually prop if, up the, uh, so like, your, I don't your know for the sh- country. That's cool. I don't know for sure if that's how the the faction rankings work. There might be mechanics built in to make that not a thing. Um, <laughs> to keep so, it from like an auto eight because you're the only ex- one that chose to exactly break. right, exactly right. There might be some modifier or something on there to make that not a thing. But that was the first thing that came into my mind. If I was going with a bunch of Aussies, I'd be like, let's make sure some of us just play just weird stuff. Yeah, <laughs> we we know like so. Uh, Liam Hackett's attending from Australia. Mm-hmm. The, the, um, this year's uh, WTC captain. He won the War Masters for the WTC say, last year. Yes, he's, uh, he's uh, pretty good. I put, I put him in a... If you put a gun to my head and said, is Liam Hackett, you know, one of the best players? You know, he's, in my mind, he's easily a top 10 uh, player in the world. Uh, yeah, like, he's done amazing. I've seen some of his stuff. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Um, and we'd be like, okay, so Liam's got the best chance at getting first overall. And then XYZ, XYZ has the next couple of best chances. What if you and me, we just take demons? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's take demons, Drakari, uh, just, just, just random stuff. Death Watch, um, Admech, you know, stuff like that. We're just going to have a really low representation. And um, then, you know, just, just get a podium. Possibly. Like I said, this is some speculation. They haven't given us the full breakdown of that, but that was the first thing that popped into my head when I saw that system. Like, um, 
I hope they've thought about it if it's gameable because, yeah, right now, it, it seems a little fun. It seems very fun. They, they probably have. And the funny thing they is, will. like, as a, as a U.S. player uh, and, and it being, like, about personal performance to some degree, I didn't even think of that. I just thought of, like, what army do I want to play for me? <laughs> what did that say about my brain, then? I just instantly yes. went to gaming. Game is gonna game. Love is gonna No, love. yours anyway. instantly went to what's the best way for my country to get points? And as an American, yes. my brain went to What's, What's the best, the best way for way? me to get points? <laughs> uh, see? Uh, it's the difference between us, mate. Anyway, uh, let us break down. Let's, let's listen to a bit of a stats chat. So I have the stats for each and every um, group. I've broken every all 22 players down. Some of these are just uh, Chaos Space Marine and Eldar, like, death mazes for the, every other participant who's not playing those factions. And some of these are really beautifully spread and look quite nice. Um, there are some already, some ELOs coming out. I think Stats Checker did, did an ELO, ELO breakdown for each pod, and that is really good. You go check that out. Um, but where I have uh, lo- the lovely Andrew, he has that up, and he has a lot of knowledge of the notable players in attendance for each pod. So we're going to just throw out some names of who's, you know, who's there, Possibly what they're playing in each pod, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but group one, uh, we have one Sister of Battle, two Standard Adeptus Studies, one Dark Angel, one Blood Angel, two Death Watch, one Death Guard, one Demons, doubles for Necrons, Tau, and Votan, triple Tyranids, which I think if I forget, if I remember correctly, that is every Tyranid in attendance. There's three in there, and they're all in there. And then two Drakari and two Eldari. That's actually one of the better spread pods. Um, who's notable is in that one? Uh, you know, there's a lot of notable folks. And before I launch well, into this, okay. I will also do my caveat of, oh God, please don't get mad at me. My knowledge of other countries' scenes is not great. So if I leave out some folks from like, Switzerland mm. or France or Colombia or one of those. It is not intentional. It's just and my own missing it. When I say notables, I mean notable names and players that you might know at home. I suppose you, everyone is going to be from a nation that probably has a couple of champions in attendance, you know, their personal national champions and heroes. And every single, when I say notable players, every single person at this event is assumed to be good enough to win a GT, a major or better. So please, there is no disrespect to anybody listed in this well, event. They also are say all killers. It's always interesting when you go to an event like this. Anything with qualifiers, invitationals, like I've done mm. Nova Invitational, I've done World Champs, and like it's weird how an event changes. And they usually they usually actually get more positive and less when every single person in attendance is used to winning events, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, there's there's like a different mindset to it. So pod one, right? Uh, I, there's a lot of notable players in pod one. I'll do kind of like what I would feel are the more obvious ones first. Um, mm-hmm. and then I'll hit some that maybe people are, are sleeping on. Uh, so first up, I will say you're probably going to be looking at like Inez and John, yeah. right? Yeah. Th- those John are your two, your two biggest boys. And they're at one and two for a reason. They're, they're great players, super nice guys. Uh, it is from Scotland, John from the U S obviously, um, then uh, I'll, I'll we'll do some some WTC stuff. Uh, mm. Josh Roberts uh, is he still yeah. England's captain? I believe so. Or if not, uh, he yes. was for years uh, and years and years and years. He, he was for years and years and years. I do believe he's uh, taken a bit of a sabbatical, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so uh, but he is Josh, a wonderful gentleman, wonderful guy, great guy, also awesome player. Um, yep. In number eight, Caillou. If I'm not remembering correctly, he was Germany's captain for a bunch of years too. Um, yep. So, so Caillou is, 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 and I'm probably butchering names, but he was, he's well-known. He's a great player. I remember over the years, he was always one of the heavy hitters on the team that we were, you know, thinking about pairing against. Um, within the U.S. meta, because you have a bunch of them, uh, Matt mm-hmm. Laura is actually pretty local to me. Great dude. Super nice. I think he came onto the scene like uh, like Gangbusters a couple years ago at LVO when he played that mm-hmm. Custodes game in the finals. He did. Um, yep. And everyone was like, who the hell is this guy? From Maryland, like an hour from me. I played with him last weekend. <laughs> um you have some other great ones, you know, Kit Smith, Hannah, I think he's out of yep. Texas. Um, I chat with Kit, I chat about Tau, because we're playing the same faction. Uh, Collins, out of like the Atlanta scene, he's been around a long time too. Um, Joel, I want to say, I, I met him this last year at a team event. He's, uh, I want to say, off Zeno's Petting Zoo, off the West Coast, another great player. Um, yep. One of my best friends, and also, he's basically an American to me, Kazu Shadar out of Canada. Um, yes. In number 12. Uh, I, I would struggle to find anyone anyone nicer and with prettier ultramarines than Kaz. Um, mm. So there's there's a ton of just like awesome great players here. Uh, I, I am like super pumped. 
Shout out to Benjamin Chia representing Singapore in this pod as well. That is going to be uh, really cool to see. Also, we have uh, Nicholas uh, from Coin um, from Colombia here. Uh, so beautiful. All right, moving on to pod two. We're going to keep it at a pretty decent clip, but we are <laughs> we are going to get lost in the weeds, guaranteed. All right, uh, one uh, Admech, Colt Mechanicus. This is the only only Admech in attendance. A single Astro Militarum, two Blood Angels, two Black Templars, ones for Chaos Space Marine, a Thousand Suns, World Eaters, three Chaos Knights. So this is a very heavy Chaos Knight um, pod. One Tau, two Votan, one Gene Steel Colt, and five Eldari. Almost a quarter of this pod <laughs> being Eldari. <laughs> Um, that is a fearsome one. And this is this is a big thing, a takeaway. We're definitely going to unpack and zero in on this in the player spotlight because I can guarantee you every single player in attendance who isn't playing Eldar has really thought about that matchup in particular. And I know a lot of a lot of the best players in the world are bringing very heavy um, anti-Eldar tech, uh, which yep. is very necessary. I suppose you are no different. Uh, I don't know that I really brought anti-Eldar tech necessarily. I brought, I switched my towel list to have a little bit more of like mission play, move blocking mobility because, um, and this is kind of where we'll go to with the Eldar thing. It's just hard to keep up with them. Like they, they're yeah. good for a reason, right? They're pretty good at everything. They have very powerful rules. So sometimes trying to outgun someone at the game that they're already good at is just kind of a, a losing battle. Mm-hmm. You don't have the rules for it. Um, but it is going to be interesting because Eldar is kind of the obvious choice for this event. I think the same is going to be said for something like uh, like CSM in a lot of cases. Yeah. So I, when you run one of the big factions, you know people are practiced against you. They have a game plan in mind, and maybe you don't against what they're playing or their obscure faction mm-hmm. other than just Eldar good. Eldar good. Um, some very notable players in this. I will point out and, and shout out to Art of War Brothers, Jack Halfster, and also... Um, Richard Siegler, both in this pod. So, you know, only one will make it out of there. Possibly neither, because this is uh, pretty stacked. What do you see here? Yeah, let's uh, let's take a moment and pour one out for just everyone. Put yourself in the mindset of you set aside and you're like, you know what? I'm going to go to my local freaking shop. We got 22 players <laughs> signed up for the RTT. Yeah, we're going to get like 10 tables. That's an awesome event. We're going to get 10 tables at a local RTT. And then you walk in and you see Nas. Jack Harpster, Richard Siegler, and you're like, what did I walk into? Oh my God. What did I do to deserve this? And then on top of that, um, Francois Lalonde from Canada, Jokul Johansson from Iceland, Matthias Bellman from Germany. This is a WTC murderer's row. Uh, Joel Larson as well. There is a lot I of mean, notable players here. Notable players, yeah. There are, there are a ton, right? Like everyone with a single or double digit ELOs, you've probably heard of. I know yeah. I have heard of pretty much all of those people. Kyle, super good dude, plays that I would want to say the Midwest. Um, Sweet Lou, I have never, I don't know if I've ever actually met Sweet Lou, but I see his name whenever I'm at an event with him. I'm like, God damn, that's a good name. Um, it's so good. It's so good, <laughs> I mean, man. But, but yeah, I mean, you have Steven, I think he's off there in Glory, Colin out of Texas. Yeah. You, you have so many, like Noah, uh, Mateus is R in 12. He used to play out of the same store as Matt Laura. I think he's, because he was uh, he was in the U.S. for a while, mm. you know. There's just some some awesome folks here, and plenty that I'm missing. So this is I I want to say most people say like the probably the bracket I'm in is one of the worst, number four. Um, but I haven't seen a single one of these that looks easy, quote unquote, even for the event. So it is cool. Any one of these groups um, is the hottest is the hottest GT uh, in any country. In the world, any one of these yes. is literally the hardest murderers row you'll ever see. Shout outs to Eric Yu representing Hong Kong, China. Um, shout outs to Rares Platten from Romania as well. And then uh, Louis German Giles from Mexico. So, some uh, awesome, awesome representation in this pod. Uh, going on to the stats for group three single custody, single Astra Militarum, two Dark Angels, a single Blood Angel, five Chaos Space Marines, one World Eaters, one Necrons, two Tau, one Gene Steel Colts. And get this, still seven Eldari. So. <laughs> 12 out of 20, 12 out of 22 there is either Chaos Space Marines or Eldari. And that's what, what is rough there is that if you didn't bring one of those factions and you're in that pod, man, how many times can you go to the well and think you're going to make it, you're going to make it past, you know, the, the two best factions in the game. And this, this is one of the pods that I think is going to be rough for every, any other faction. Cause it could be you play Eldar four times, uh, in this pod. <laughs> <laughs> not unrealistic and terrifying. Yeah, no, I mean, this is also a crazy pod, right? You got you got Ben Jurek, who has been tearing it up the last mm. uh, last year or two. I know he, uh, I think he ended up filling in for Scotland at WBC, he but he, he's on Team USA as well. Um, 
he was an alternate, I believe, last year and uh, has just crushed the West Coast events for the last probably year. Uh, a lot with Eldar. Um, God, I know so many of these other people, so I'll try and skip through them. You got double Alex's, you got Spatho and McDougal, yeah. um, Donald Plummer, another fellow Tal brethren, some beautiful models. Um, then number seven, Guillaume from Belgium, it sounds so familiar. I don't know if I've met yeah. him, but the he's, name sticks in my brain. He's a boss. Yeah. He's an absolute boss. Um, uh, I know I've seen well from 11. Germany. Sorry. Yes. Uh, 11 Dino, I think I've also heard similarly. Mm-hmm. Um, buddy Michael my- Fox in 14. Uh, yes, I'm. I'm looking at this event thinking of also from the aspect of like a best painted or like a best overall. Correct. And I will say, Correct. I think Michael Fox is edged. And at Nova, it wasn't much of an edge. It was a more of a, it was a larger edge. Me out on painting. I mean, his stuff is absolutely beautiful. So mm. there, one of my teammates is in this one, uh, Cam Panero in 16. Um, but man, there are so many good here. There's more Antimbi and AD. Like this is. Oh, and I also want to say. When you look at players uh, for the unranked in like 21 and 22 from some of the nations that have, you know, probably lower representation, I will say that do not sleep on them, right? Because some of those players, they probably play a ton for the record, um, but ITC isn't necessarily everywhere. These events aren't necessarily everywhere. So if if their events aren't submitting to the ELO, that's why you're seeing unranked. These people are probably really good. And how much, by the way? Are these ELO scores going to change after this event? This is oh, like a, a pinata of ELO points if mm-hmm. you're in the lower end and a dangerous place to walk into if you have a bag of ELO Dude. points. Because yeah. you, the, you get beat by an unranked player when you're ninth. Good God. Like it, it moves so, based yeah. on what your rankings are. <laughs> yeah. So they may come here uh, unranked and leave in the top 100. Like it's going to be wild. Shout out to one of the Aussie boys, Lachlan Rigg from Western Australia, representing uh, the great nation. Sorry, the great state there. They're not a nation. They they almost were. Uh, and I'm going to butcher the absolute bojangles out of this word. Uh, Prichitachi Watanachi, Watanachi from Thailand. Very it lovely. It felt better than what you. I would do, so I'm glad you Oh, man. Her. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I was looking. I was like, "That must be a long flight." He's doing great. I was like, "I can't see I was, that." I'm sorry. I was looking at. I'm like, "That's a lot of letters. That's like all the letters." Um, but fantastic to have you in attendance. Uh, group four: two custodies, one imperial knight, two space wolves, three chaos space marines, three world eaters, one chaos knight, two necrons, one orcs, three tau, one gene steel cult, and three Aldari. Quite a good spread. Quite a good spread in pod four, mate. Uh, would happen happen to be. Your home? No, yes, no, yes, yes, this yes, is, it is. Uh, I'm, I'm and uh, uh, I got to say, this is one of the. Uh, these are every pod is rough, but this pod is especially rough. Yeah, I looked at the top of this pod and I just had a chuckle. Like, I mean, now going through the other pods, the other pods are great too. But I do look at this one and I was like, this is going to be so cool. Um, mm. You know, you got Manny, Vanilla, David Gaylord, all great dudes, but like they're so good. So this will be a this will be a fun one. Uh, I played Justin before out of Texas. Eric in number five. I'm pretty sure I either played against or met when we played their team at uh like uh, the Canadian team tournament like a few years ago when I played with Nick and Siegler up there. Um, Jaime's here. He played for the U.S. last year. Um, yep. He hails from Spain. Um, in number nine. But, man, there are so many good players in this pod. And uh, you know what? I also just love that, like, you know, we have folks from uh, ROK, Republic of Korea. We have Slovenia. Like, how many, like, countries that I've probably never played a player from are in my own pod? And I'm pretty excited for that. I almost Uh, wish there was more Eldari in this pod, for the record. (laughs) It's very enriching. Um, Shout out to Alex Matheson from the Republic of Korea. Also, uh, shout out and do not sleep on number seven ranked Thomas Woback, who won the Warmasters singles this year. Or it was either him or his twin, who was also got a surname Woback. I which one it was, but they're both savages and they're they're absolute dark horses to go very deep in this. Um, And yeah, let's let's hit uh, over to the next one. All right, so pod number five, two sisters, two custodies, one Astro Militarum, one Astartes, one Space Wolves, one Black Templars, two Chaos Space Marines, one Thousand Suns, two Death Guard, one World Leaders, one Chaos Knights, single Orc, single Tau, single Votan, three Eldari. And I think that is the best spread uh, that we've had in any pod so far, as in the most, the most factions represented in a single pod. Um, 
And yeah, this is going to be a really good one. Not too many Eldar, but still they are the most in representation. And I think that is true or equal true for everyone who's done so far. Might be uh, the way to go as well. But that is a lot of chaos in particular. Two Chaos Space Marines, uh, one T-Suns, one Death Guard, one where there's one Chaos Knights. That's all Bar Demons represented there. And like zero for Hive Mind in this one as well, which is of note. But what do you see in player-wise? Uh, there's a ton of good folks here, right? Um, Sasha has beat me at the last two events because he's local. <laughs> yeah. Also, also a big threat for uh, also a big threat for overall and painting. Yeah. Yes. No. Sasha has some beautiful. They're painted as imperial fists. Um, you know, there's a lot of other good players. Tyler Principio is local. He just he just beat <laughs> yeah. me last weekend. Uh, I mean, but you got Box here. You got David Adelman, uh, Rob mm-hmm. Moreland out of Texas. Um, you have uh, Jeff Klodner. He's another local. Sorry. Uh, he's uh, right at the same shop as Matt Laura. So that shop with Matt Laura that I mentioned uh, a little bit ago, about an hour away at the Table and Towers shop. You know, Jeff Klodner plays there in number eight. Tyler plays there in number five. Sasha and I both play there at times. Mm. We're a little further away. Matt, that's his home shop. So there's some some good little centers. Oh, and I should not fail to mention 14, Wallace O'Donnell. Another good friend. I believe he got his ticket at the team tournament. He's always been a good uh, placer. I played him the other weekend, and he... Uh, runs that shop now so nice. <laughs> man there are some uh some great folks here um i do not know a lot of the uh a lot of the foreign players so i look forward to meeting them um i'm sorry the, well, the non-us ones a lot of lot of wtc staples here nick vander yes. dick vanderhaas from the netherlands of course uh, florian schmidt i think is the dark horse in here florian playing for uh, germany is an absolute monster and uh rasmus uh for norway also is very 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 strong this is going to be an interesting one because yeah this is my um, money's on sasha i'm putting it down now this pod yeah I'm sasha. Uh, I, I'll I, I'll go against you. You want to you want a better you better a better drink <laughs> better beer and sit down. I'll be going for Florian uh, Schmidt. Yeah, he's he's an absolute beast. All right, uh, let us go into pod six. Two custodies, three Astromilitarum. Big Astromilitarum representation in this one. One Grey Knights, two Astartes, two Black Templars, four Chaos Space Marines, so a lot of CSM. Two World Eaters, one Demon, one Tau, one Gene Steel Cult. It's still. Still three Eldari. Um, uh, but yeah, this one is pretty Chaos Space Marine heavy. But also, yeah, the triple guard. Um, how you, just, just quickly in the side, how are you feeling about guard in the in the meta at the moment? Because I'm a, uh, I mean, I played guard all the way through seventh and like the first two years of eighth edition. So I, I played him for like five years straight. And uh, I am pretty unenthusiastic about them at the moment, unfortunately. I think that if you went back to them like me, you'd be much more impressed. I think you you would like them a lot better. And I will say that mm. because I was the exact same as you. When the edition came out, I mean, obviously, I played that like uh, that game on GW Stream as an exhibition yep. against Nick. Um, I want to say that was in Kansas. Uh, and, and I was... I played them because it was the event I was... It was the army I was bringing to the event. I did not like them when the index dropped because they felt like a mid-strength army. Um... But that strength was derived from spamming indirect, which is just not a fun play style for either person. Mm. Um, and so I kind of got off them, right? And I think I then got pushed back to them by some friends who were looking at them uh, recently and started looking at them again. There's a lot more like nuance to them now. There's a lot more like direct fire tanks that make it a little more mm. interesting than just being like, did you see those that parking lot behind that ruin? Well, it's going <laughs> to fire at you until you stop it. Yeah. Um, well, that's, you know, people uh, are running Dorns and Russes and tank commanders and like, it's, it's getting pretty real. Well, that's all come about, um, and I am in a bunch of the Treadhead chats, that's all come about because there's literally two missions that are where you will score no points by playing the artillery list because your home objective doesn't score you any points. And so you're like, oh, they'll just exist on the middle for two turns, you'll still table them and you'll lose by 20 points. And that just feels bad. But anyway, onto this group. This group does have, uh, you know, Art of War founder Nick Nanavati in here, but who else is present? Uh, I mean, you have TJ. I think you'd be crazy not to mention him. Um, Absolutely. He has done amazing over the last few years. I know he had you know his little community snafu three years ago or so. Um, shout out TJ. TJ's a friend. I've known TJ a long time. I also mm. think that he has uh, played the right way, and I've never met anyone that's kind of like actually made a recovery and changed how they play. Well, uh, so I am, I'm really excited for TJ in this pod. I also think GSC are like, such a freaking dark horse still like yeah. i know they got a lot less good but like the way they play the game is fundamentally different from other people and has a lot of mm. good matchups so yeah i think a lot of people uh with the short-term memory have forgotten <laughs> just how brutal especially the uh the echo bombs is still is uh but there's also some uh beautiful tread heads in here like i said uh nathaniel borge uh bjur 
George, whatever, uh, from Texas playing uh, Shavila Tyron. Boris Mishev um, from England. He's a perennial threat to make the top eight yes. in, uh, the, in the ITC uh, most seasons. And then also uh, Sebastian Gerhardt is here from uh, Germany. Shout out to, uh, where is it? Da, 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 da. Angel C4 Killer. Oh, it can't be his real name. Uh, representing uh, Andorra. Name. <laughs> represent, I hope it is. And I hope his dad my, just looked. I'll do my shout outs. Uh, Brad Townsend, <laughs> one of my good friends yeah. for many, many times. Best man at my wedding. Uh, he uh, was on our team oh, for Touch beautiful. Tactics, so he's a number four. Um, and Kevin Grubbs. So I, I love me some Grubbs, and he will compete with Kazu Shadar for prettiest uh, painted Ultramarines. And those are both two guys that are used to winning best painted, so they will also be kind of big threats for that. Great dude, Ultramarines. He'll be uh, he'll be a fun one to watch as well. Oh, and Brad Weir's down to 20. Oh, this is going to be a cool bracket. Yes, there is. This is going to be a really good bracket. Uh, moving on to number seven, single sister of battles, battle, single Astromir Tyrum, two Astartes, two Dark Angels, one Space War, three Templars, two CSM and 2000 Suns, singles for Necrons and Tau, two Votan, one Steen Steel Cult, and the perennial, never less than three Eldari. <laughs> uh, once again, decent, quite a good spread of factions, all told. Uh, this, uh, the only, you know, there's no more than three. There's three Eldari, three Black Templars, singles and uh, doubles for the rest. Uh, who are we seeing there, personnel-wise? Personnel-wise, I think you're going to start at the top, right? So you're going yeah, to sure. go for Arn, super good dude, plays amazingly well. I played him at, actually, the American Team Championships. Um, Arn's great. Uh, Brian Soup is also yep. an awesome player. I was a little surprised to see him on, uh, on T-Suns. Um, that may be still, uh, he's, he I, is going to be good right now. Don't he's going to be on my, my next episode, uh, doing the T-Suns, uh, index review. So, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to recording if, that. If someone like, like Brian, who I usually think of as more of a, more of an Eldar specialist in some ways, at least in the recent past, if he, it was a, it was a meta choice of him going, people are going to game mm. against it. And T-Suns have like a really, a GSC-esque um level of disrespect that people have given them after some some small nerfs and then they were like oh faction's dead um, yep. so i don't know i mean maybe there's something there that he knows it doesn't know knows that i don't uh my buddy oliver uh no wait yes oliver is in six i was like wait a minute i'm looking yep. at the wrong oliver i don't know oliver from france <laughs> who is probably also very good but i was like shit i yep. shouldn't claim that i know that guy um scott out of the advanced warfare 40k guys him and ben Sherwin play uh, he's in 17th. I believe that is him. Um, you got Brandon, an old school kind of worked mm. the U.S. guys for years. Still, still a good dude. I play, he's doing some towel. Brandon and I played together for the Mercs at the first WTC in 2022. So oh, 20, yeah, 2022. Uh, so yeah, great bloke. Uh, who else do we have? Oliver Smith from my team, that one I mentioned. Uh, yep. You have Jeremy, super good dude, does a lot of judging. So this one, he'll be a player. Well, we can we can put his medal we, to the test in number seven. We have to shout out Jeremy because uh, he did all the ELO rankings we're now currently taking advantage of. So thank oh, you very he? much, Jeremy, and the Stats Check crew. Because, uh, yeah, we're making use of some of your tools. I mean, we could do this without the rankings, but the rankings are a great freaking help. Really, really And uh, Dan Hester is another great guy out of Atlanta, out of that crew. Yep. Um, but, man... There, and it's always funny because I look at these names and I'm like, I know these names. I don't know why I know them. Like number eleven out of Germany, I I just I definitely yes, know that Manuel. name. And I can't remember why. <laughs> yeah, um, you almost you almost jumped on the uh, the the uh, the French uh, WTC captain there, Olivier Weiss, who is uh, one of okay. the guys I always look at because he is a Space Marine specialist and he's always pushing the envelope with what he's taking. So, and uh, shout out to Mirko uh, Cosiglio from Malta. Uh, my father's home country, so uh, well represented there. Uh, let's get into the last pod, and then we'll do the overall stats, have a little quick chit-chat about that, and we'll be done. But last pod, single Grey Knight, champion, two Dark Angels, one Blood Angel, two Black Templars, three Chaos Space Marines, one Death Guard, one World Leaders, two Necrons, one Orc, seven Votan, zero for the Hive Mind, <laughs> still seven Eldar. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yes, this this group is being coined as one of the uh, murderers, murderers of murderers, murderers rows, because they are absolute terrifying players in this one, in addition to a bunch of others. And what's crazy about this one is that a lot of the terrifying players are, are down in the ELO rankings. Like there's uh, Lishu from Poland, who is one of the best players in the world, played for Poland at the WTC this year in uh, their winning of the thing. So shout out to him. Um, but who else do you see, mate? Oh, God, this one has a ton of people. So, Sean played with last weekend, number six. Uh, great Eldar player. Came in, I want to say, second-ish at Nova. 
uh, good old Q, Q, uh, Quentin Johnson in three, Q and Art of War guy. Uh, you'll never meet a nicer guy, and he is amazing. He's practiced with his Eldar. Ben, that I mentioned out of Advanced Warfare 40K, is in the first rank in there with his Black Templars. He's been repping them a lot. Uh, I know Steve, but I'm blanking on uh, him too much. I haven't seen him probably in a while. Uh, mm-hmm. Liam, I know, is amazing in number four, and I've been, I think, talked to him about by Tom yeah. Adriani and some others, so I know he is like a crazy he is, heavy hitter. He's being called the prodigy. I call him the beanstalk because he's extremely tall and skinny. He's very young, but he just won the LGT. So with uh, so Chaos of Space Marines. <laughs> yeah, so that, that means he's pretty good, right? He's actually playing Death Guard for this, and he's one of the uh, the players we're definitely doing a spotlight on in part two because he's jumped off Chaos Space Marines having won you know, one of the biggest events in the world, and he's taking Death Guard instead. So many people are getting a head scratch, and he's calling his shot, saying that this is better than CSM by not taking them. So that's very interesting really? to me. Now, um, you, uh, your buddy Liam Hackett, right? Nine? Yeah, boy. Uh, representing Australia, uh, playing in Necrons, a very similar list to, I think, what he took to the WTC. I think he's got two bricks of twin Necron Warriors. We'll be unpacking that one in part two also. Um, but yeah, this is this is ferocious, this part. I think this is is definitely... It, it might be harder than mine, actually, looking at it now. So, some other notable people. Uh, Russell Tasson. I've played him a couple times. He's yep. a great dude out of... I want to say he plays out of Texas. Um, Matt Burgoon is actually local to me. Super young mm-hmm. guy, you know, that next generation of player. He uh, lives, I think he plays the shop like 10 minutes from me. Uh, good old Perry, you'll never make uh, one, probably a nicer guy, but also a nicer guy that refuses to wear shoes. Um, yep. Jason, nicest Hobbit. I know. Nicest Hobbit in the whole scene. <laughs> the Hobbit, three times our size. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jason Massive Sparks Hobbit. out of Canada. Uh, I want to say he's played on their team for a couple of years and also just a good dude. I've met him up there. So, yeah, this is another just like amazingly hard bracket, as you met. As you mentioned, the ELO rankings mm. sometimes disguise how how good people are. Absolutely. Well, ELO isn't the like, isn't the be all end all. It's a very good system, and uh, we're very lucky to have it. And the the the, the lovely gents who put the work into it. But yeah, as you can see, like it is not the be all end all, but it's just a, it's a very good guide of who's active and doing very well in the last year or two. And yes. uh, that's what the, it's an indication of. Oh, in countries where they record stuff in the right format. So there are a lot of T's and C's, but it's, it's a general guide for who's doing well at the moment. I think if you look at it like that, it's very very valuable. Um, let's do the O's overall stats. So 176 players in attendance, and this is the totals for each faction therein. Five Sisters of Battle, seven Custodies, one Cult Mechanicus, seven Astra Militarum, two Grey Knights, one Imperial Knight, seven Astartes, or the regular Astartes, that being it's either Ultras, Salamanders, um, Iron Hands, Raven Guard, or White Scars, seven Dark Angels, four Space Wolves, five Blood Angels, two Death Watch, and ten Black Templars. So a lot of confidence coming to the Templars here. 20 Chaos Space Marines, 4,000 uh, Suns, 4 Death Guard, 9 World Eaters, 2 Demons, and 6 Chaos Knights, 8 Necrons, 3 Orcs, 11 Tau, and 8 Votan, 3 Tyranids, 5 Genesteel Cults, 2 Drakari, and just a little old 34 Dr- El- Eldari. 34 <laughs> Eldari. 14 more than the next faction down. The faction podium being Eldari in first at 34, Chaos Space Marines in second at 20. And we took a big dip of 14 from first to second. Then we take another dip of nine between Chaos Space Marines and Tau in 11. Black Templars in fourth with 10. And then rounding it out in fifth is World Eaters with nine players in representation. But what do you, what do you think of that spread? What jumps out to you immediately? Honestly, one of the things that jumps out to me is uh, uh, this is the opposite of I really expected more Eldar. Um, I I genuinely expected, yeah, I expected that to be 40s at least. Uh, I would not have been surprised. It's such an obvious choice. And most of these players also, not most, I shouldn't say that, that's not fair. A lot of these players that are not playing Eldar, I guarantee you qualified Eldar. Savage them. Do not hold back. Let's go. But yeah, I would That's not like have every been time surprised. I see one of these players here, I'll go back. I saw one that I wanted to randomly throw shade at, even though I've never met him in my life. Maybe just so I can have someone <laughs> slap me at the event. Um, here, where is it? Come on, Benjamin Tia from Singapore and, and a couple of these others. Hong, uh, Eric Yu from China playing Eldari, really. Please say hi to me. But, <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, but for uh, I mean, for I may those... love you because you're coming from a nation that I wouldn't see very often, but Eldar, really. So, no, um, I think <laughs> Eldar surprised me. Um, yeah. World Eaters surprised me. Um, yeah. Because I think that they're very, very strong. I know uh, Vanilla has shown some amazing success with them. And uh, Jack I think they have some, at Tampa. Yep. Yes, and I think that, like, they have some good matches in some of the top armies. 
um, which is which is probably part of the reason. But they're pretty rare typically, so mm. I didn't expect to see quite as many. I think there's like I think four. I want to say there's three or four of them. I was like, what the hell happened here? Um, yeah. What do we got? I think three in mine. Yeah, one, two, three of them, and I was like, huh. There's as many world eaters in my bracket as there are Eldari, which found bizarre. Yeah. I found bizarre. Other than that, I expected the level of Space Marines, um, especially since like the the, the Ironstorm build and a couple of the others, the Vanguard one is kind of slept on. Yeah. Um, they're so good right now, mm. and everyone has Marines. They're they're pretty good to play. You also have to look at like both travel and mental fatigue. Um, yeah. I don't think they're quite maybe as involved as some armies, like a body heavy army. And on top of that, like they probably travel pretty well. So I think Marines are always a, there's a lot of factors working in their, in their way of being a a common choice. The, the age old is there's a color of Marines for every situation. It's just, there is one that is going to be the right meta pick. And right now people seem to think it's black Templars for this event. So we'll see if those are correct. Um, I wanted to point out the lack of Tyranids for being the only other, apart from the space is the only other um, faction that has a codex. Only three Tyranids is unders, but I'm not surprised. I don't think, I, I think people are quite realistic at the strength of that book. It is a very good upper, upper middle book, depending on the build a bit, but the, I think it's the uh, the lists are so almost pigeonholed. Um, there's only like one or two lists that feel truly well rounded and can play into a multitude of different opponents. But even then, there's just some bad matchups like Chaos Space Marines. I just don't know what they have for Chaos Space Marines. And even when they have a good build into them, they can still lose it. Um, and then the, that good good build can it run through thirty four freaking Dragari? Like who? Yeah, as yeah, it's not rounded holes. enough. And I will yeah. I'll do a shout out to team events really quick. Of like that is part of why I like like true team events absolutely. is that it yeah, forces absolutely. you to take other books and you can yeah. avoid some bad matches. Cause maybe Correct. nids, you would see more of them if they could just avoid one or two things. Mm. Um, yeah. So if you haven't tried a team event, shout out, good try them. But, uh, but yeah, uh, how many, uh, how many T sons and GSC were there? Uh, there is, uh, there is five GSC, which is, I think, decent numbers considering where people think they are at. And what did you say the other one was? Would you ask? Uh, T sons, uh, T sons, uh, four, four T sons. Yeah. I think both of those are, are probably stronger armies than the representation dictates. I agree. Um, yeah. So those are those are going to be pretty cool too because I think maybe people forgot some of their early edition power by now. Mm. Um, played well, they're not as like I think raw strong as they once were, um, but they can still do some things. So we'll we'll see how they go and and we'll see if uh, yeah. you know post event there's some really cool meta choices that that people have made that you and I didn't notice of Correct. Like, you know why yeah. they came up with bringing this. Like you mentioned, uh, didn't he bring Death Guard? Uh, yes, Liam Liam Vessel Death Guard. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we may find out that, you know, he was right. Far yeah, or he's wrong. Us, and he was like, here yeah. are the reasons that I brought Death Guard. Mm-hmm. You know, they, well, they match some up other- into the meta that I expected really well. So it'll be, it'll be cool mm. to see. In that vein, there are some other really good factions, uh, Orcs being notably amongst them, where there's only three players mm-hmm. in representation. Orcs have, might not be a great play into everything, but they have better play into the field than so many other factions. Uh, Chaos Knights yes. being represented well with six players in addition. I mean, if I knew that I couldn't win this event and that I could get a bunch of points just coming up a middle, Chaos Knights, I believe, is a very good pick to perform in that manner. I, additionally, Votan is, is very similar as well. You know, you are going to just blow some people up and then maybe you just lose some close ones. But uh, should you know, Votan is another one that scores very well. Um, and some of those, tell- like Votan, I think maybe got discovered not discovered, but you know what I mean, uh, discovered by the meta so recently that people hadn't jumped on them enough yet for them to be a popular pick. But I think Botan's oh, but incredibly strong right now. Can't, can't get enough Sagittars. <laughs> it's just, yes, I know, you just can't buy yeah. enough Sagittars. Um, I do want to talk to you about Tau. Now, this is the last thing we're going to talk about before we check out. Um, but Tau sitting in third on this podium uh, for faction representation is not what I would have guessed at. Um, I would have guessed it would 100% have been the next one down. It would have been a Space Marine chapter of some description. Yeah, same, yeah. Um, what is it that Tau has going for it uh, at this event in particular? Because I am of the opinion that WTC terrain is worse for Tau than it's good. Like There are better terrain formats out there for Tau. Um, mm-hmm. What why did you take them? And why do you think a bunch of other people, well, 10 other people took them as well? Um, I would have to look at all the people that took them. I, I would say that, you know, here, let me look real quick. Because I, I probably, I have a hundred well, parts of this. S- so, like, Siegler took them as well. So Siegler took them as well. He is a, a longtime Tau player, just like I am. So that's two of us. Um, Kitsmith uh, Hannah, I know that yeah. he got on it because he felt that they were the correct choice of the event. Uh, Donald Plummer is a longtime Tau player. That's three of like, like I couldn't imagine him playing the all. Same with Devin Swan from Canada. He yep. always plays Tau. 
So I think some of it, probably at least half of them, you're seeing people who are just like, this is their army. That is what they will be playing. Specialists. Um, yeah. I, yeah. And, and I also think that like, and Brandon is another one of those that's played that, that army for a long time. I know he also played a, you know, like a Legion of the Damned Space Marine army, but um, I think some of it is people dedicated to the faction. They stick around. Um, I think another part is there's just Tau are, do have strong mechanics, right? They can blow people off the board. So I think you get some of that to it. Plus, you know, they had a, a pretty good addition at times. So there, there's mm-hmm. always a big player base. That was probably one of the most, other than Eldar, like most popular, like best-selling GW armies. They're sort of like a Xeno Space Marines in yeah. some ways. Um, so there are just like a lot of people that do them. But I was a little surprised that there were quite as many. I think I expected yeah. more like six to seven. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I expect them to be around the Votan, Necron numbers, etc. But anyway, we are going to wrap it up at that point. We're going to go to part two. We're going to shine a spotlight on some of these uh, best players in the world and uh, see what they're bringing, what, why we think they're bringing it, what we think it's going to do, and how we think it will perform. We'll be unpacking you know, what they brought and why, in addition to having a look in on the enhancements, if there's anything special, spicy, tech-wise, uh, that make pe- give people an edge. Thank you very much, Andrew, for coming on. Uh, I'll be, I'll be, by, the time, by the time this goes, live i will have been in the air en route to atlanta for a couple of hours so uh everyone pray for me pray that i <laughs> that i don't <laughs> that i'm sitting somewhere comfortable getting some z's if i can uh, well travel safe anything? it was great joining you for it and i will uh see you in a few days perfect see you then mate thank you for listening to art of war down under a content review podcast for Warhammer 40k. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow. Tomorrow.